Hello everybody and welcome to Pure Entropy. My name is Shlok Chahan. I'm one of the hosts of the podcast along with Sid Chahan. We discover how to find the hidden signals in the chaos of life. That's the name Pure Entropy. Hey friends, welcome back to another episode of Pure Entropy. Where we're continuing on the series of the six universal emotions. Last week we covered sadness. So this week, we're going to change it up a little bit and cover happiness. Happiness is... That's pretty much what the goal of life is, isn't it? Just as social support is something where you get happiness from, and it's an antidote to stress, it also helps boost every single area of our lives. 50 years ago, the age of depression was actually just 30 years old, and today it's almost exactly half that, which is crazy. It's almost half... So around 14 to 15 years old, where depression for a lot of people sets in. And you know, there's a bunch of things you can try to change your happiness, but think of it this way. There's a concept called the fulcrum and the lever, which goes, how we experience the world and our ability to succeed within it constantly changes based on our mindset. This principle teaches us how we can adjust our mindset, which is our fulcrum, in a way that gives us the power, which is the lever, to be more fulfilled and successful. And it's when our brains get stuck in a pattern that just focuses on stress, negativity, failure. We are just setting ourselves up to fail. This is called the Tetris effect. It teaches our brain not to look at failure, but instead to focus on the aspect of possibility. Whenever we seize an opportunity, whenever we can find it. Failing up or falling up is whenever there's a defeat, stress, or crisis, our brain maps different paths to help us cope. And this is the principle about finding a mental path that not only leads out of failure or suffering, but also teaches us to be more happier and successful. It's one of the books I read called The Happiness Advantage, which has changed and also informed a lot on how to think about happiness. There's a new area of psychology that focuses a lot on the emotion of happiness. This actually didn't exist before. It was in the 1960s within the branch of psychology, something new, something that at the time seemed like a joke to some people, came out known as positive psychology. And emphasized the thinking that you do and feed to your mind will heavily influence what you hope feel and do accomplish in the future. For example, the culture that you're in influences a lot of what happiness might mean to you on the surface level. Pop culture tends to emphasize that attaining certain things such as buying a home, having a high paying job is what will result in happiness. But the reality is actually it's much more complex and highly specific to each person on what achieves happiness for them. People have long believed that happiness and health were connected and researchers have supported the idea that happiness can play a role in physical and mental health. Being happy doesn't just make us feel better, it improves our health on every aspect. If you feel happier, you eat healthier, you eat healthier, you're more active, you're more active, you sleep better, you sleep better, the cycle just keeps on going. Because happiness leads to healthier behaviors, it gives off a kind of like a high and removes the possibilities of getting diseases such as high blood pressure, getting more body fat, resulting in lower levels of stroke risk and cardiovascular disease risk. So it's good for you, you know. Something that's required to sustain a life is money, but it can be toxic to happiness. 
When participants in one study were asked if money was more important than love, those who answered yes were less likely to be happy and seemed destined never to catch up on the happiness they hoped to achieve. No matter how much money they made, at some point, they always kept thinking, hmm, I need some more, just a little more, maybe a little bit of that more, then I will be happy. And it affected their cognitive patterns just like it does to everyone else. For example, seeing opportunities instead of threats, then your brain realizes you're generally more trusting and liking of other people because you believe there's hope for each person rather than believing everyone's out for your resources or going to take something away from you. And it ties into a theory called the effective state theory, which was a research study that came out in 1984 by Diner, which goes, happiness is a global judgment people make by comparing the negative effect on them and the positive effect on them. This led to a development of this scale called the effect balance scale, which is a self-reported measure of the quality of life. The scale makes up different descriptions of 10 mood states. For example, item one is feeling particularly excited or interested in something. And the subject reflects on whether they've been in that mood that week or the last week before. It also takes the view that the absence of negative effect is not the same thing as the presence of positive. So it's not that positive is the opposite of negative in this case. There was another study done which came out of the cool chart that will be linked in the description which says the life satisfaction with different control and different cohort people they measured. So this uh, according to the age of starting from 16 years old to around 84, happiness starts at the peak of around 3.2 to 3.3 and it actually just steadily declines until you hit about 58 to 60 which is where most people, you know, that's like the consider the retirement age. And after that, once it declined all the way down to 3 from 3.3, then it picks back up. So you kind of lower down all the way for that many years, and then you roll back up. This is something to think about because that's what has been the norm for so many years, but it doesn't have to be how you end up living the way you want to. There's certain books that have actually definitely informed more about what I know about this and how it might help you. Two books are The Happiness Advantage by Sean Acor, who's a positive psychologist research, and he has a great TED talk that'll be linked to, and went to Harvard, where it was a study done on happiness, Sean says, 90% of long-term happiness is how your brain processes it, not the things that happen to you. And he even emphasized there are five different things you can do to create lasting positive change in your own mind that will affect all the other areas of your life. To create these positive changes, you can every day have three things that you're grateful for and just say it out loud or write it down even better which leads into the second which is journaling this way you putting your thoughts getting them in order seeing what you actually think you know by writing it down forces you to consolidate them has been known to help and create positive change exercise exercise is just going to help you live longer in simple terms the more you exercise the better you feel the better you feel the better your body stays and your body is like your only car that you're getting. So if your car is looking great, feeling great, you will keep it running great for a longer time. Meditation is something important once you realize that you can separate yourself from your thoughts, which are not everything that make up you. Your thoughts are things that come into your mind and as soon as they come, you can choose to let them leave and not become the identity of who you are. And finally, random acts of kindness are something that have sown to create lasting positive change. 
Another book called Happy by Darren Brown is says there are only two things within our control. That is our thoughts and our own actions. And everything else is outside our control. So why focus on that and be stressed out about them? We can look at the things and people we value each day with the knowledge that we will most likely lose them at some point. And even that will even though that will happen, we still love them regardless of the fact. Your closest relationships will end, but it's making the most of them that's what's important. And your brain is just made to not think of it in long terms. You're just tuned to focus on the short term. But life becomes short. So it's up to us to make most of it and not just be an all autopilot 24-7. A big thing that helps create more time for situations that give you happiness is actually something known as time affluence. It's not all the money in the world that would give you all the happiness. There's so many cases and studies even to show you, you can have all the money in the world but it won't give you the happiness. What you really want is the time to the things you want to do. So prioritizing time over the money is where you lead to overall happiness. And sometimes you tend to confuse the difference between happiness and euphoria. Not the show. Come on, get back to this. Is happiness is satisfaction, which you get from a hug or a smile. It's a release of these two chemicals, serotonin and dopamine, which are the feel-good emotions of the body. While euphoria is just a sustained or intense peak of release of dopamine or serotonin, which is like winning a race or when you fall in love. But it's the slow release that you want which stays for a longer time and that's something that you really need. You're always going to revert to a base level of happiness that you have for yourself. So being more mindful about it helps you realize what is your base level and how can you increase it. So even when times get tough, you can choose to revert back to your base level but as you're getting happier over time, making improvements, you realize that eventually things will turn out fine. And you can be happy, not the way that the society wants you to be, but the way you choose it for yourself and whatever that means for you. Thanks for listening so much to this episode. We hope you found this useful. If you'd like to support us, the best way you can do so is by leaving us a review on Audible, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify. Just hit the follow button on Spotify and share it with one other friend that might find this useful. If you'd like a specific idea to be covered in another episode, we're definitely looking forward to those ideas as well. And we'll give you a shout out if we end up making your episode. Look forward to see you in the next one. Goodbye. Peace.